Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Currently suffering from one of those, hey man, this just happens as you get a little bit older. Uh, one of those situations where, sorry, I got to take off my shoes. Uh, anyway, one of those situations where all of a sudden your neck hurt. Why does my neck hurt? I don't really have a great answer for you, but my neck hurt. And so before we got this cracking, I was like, cool, let me go take an Advil, right? Because my neck hurt. Now my neck hurt even more. This doesn't make a great deal of sense, but this is life, uh, apparently. Um, I'm not going to be at work tomorrow, though I imagine a lot of you will be listening to this on the podcast. So what I'm calling tomorrow will actually be today. Um, I got to go do that jury thing. Yeah, it's jury duty. Now, I personally have never done. Basically, I'm looking back over my shoulder because I got the Neymar low fives right there. And the way this light is hitting them, it's like making them glow. And I just want to make sure that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit of a camera trick. I did it by accident, but I'm acting like it was on purpose. But anyway, I got jury duty. Um, never had jury duty before. I had jury duty. Um, in all likelihood, they will not keep me uh, for a number of reasons. One, uh, the kind of gig I got is not exactly you know, one that makes me want to put you on a jury. Uh, the other one is I, I got a job in a bit of a, pro, of a public profile, and they don't really want you on the jury there. People are asking me, is it a criminal jury or a civil jury? Home is jury duty. I think they said circuit court. That sounds like criminal. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to be in there, and um, they don't let you um, bring your telephone or anything like that. So I got to, like, find me an actual book, you know, like a cover and shit. Like, that, that's that, that's what I have to do um, in order to pass the time. Like, somebody says no Twitter. I'm not even so much worried about the Twitter. Just give me something to look at, or at the very least, give me something that somehow creates an impediment to having to talk to strangers. I don't really want to talk to strangers. Um, one interesting, like, thing of my life that has uh, kind of evolved is that I kind of have to talk to more strangers than I ever had before um, in my life. And, like, if you've always just really wanted to talk to strangers, come be me for a couple of days, and you won't want that shit no more. And that's not to say that the strangers that I encounter are not sweethearts, because very often they're very good people and they want to tell me very nice things. Um, you just wind up having the same conversation with like dozens of people, like basically the same exact conversation, right? It's an occasion for them every time. After a while, it stops being an occasion for you. Um, I don't know how this jury duty thing works, but it sure sounds like a lot of chances for strangers to try to talk to you if you don't have something to like point to, to, you know, pretend like you're doing something else. So I don't know. Maybe I need to walk in there with a bunch of books or maybe, uh, I need to walk in there reading the Quran. Like something tells me if I walk in there reading the Quran, ain't nobody really gonna want to talk to me. Like somebody might want to have a word with me, um, but I don't think anybody's gonna like want to talk to me. 
um, if I'm sitting in there reading the Quran. Like, you go in there reading the Bible, man. You open it up, all kinds of people, man. Some all kinds of folks want to share testimony and stuff like that. You go in there reading the Quran. In fact, they might just ask you to leave before they, like, don't even pick you on the jury. Just be like, hey, 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 get the dude up out of here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get, let's get this dude up out of here. So anyway, yeah, I'm going to go to jury duty and I'm going to cross my fingers. Oh, well, actually, no, I was actually talking about this. On one level, I want to say I want to cross my fingers and hope I get on the jury. But at the same time, I do feel kind of like we got to have some sort of approach that says we might want to be on some of these juries, right? Like these juries happen and we don't always like what these juries are doing. But when we got a chance to be on a jury, uh, we all typically try to run away from it. Uh, that being said, like, I don't feel like they was going to put me on the people versus George. I don't think I'm going to get on the people versus George Zimmerman when I go down here. I, I, I just don't, uh, I don't see that happening. I work with a woman who got caught on the grand jury one time. They'd have her come like once every whenever down there. And that seemed to be like, like you forget about this whole grand jury thing that there are actually people on those things. That's interesting. My man said it's time to pull a Caucasian shirt out to go to jury duty. That actually sounds like a great idea. In fact, I can't tell whether or not that's the best idea of all time or the worst idea of all time. But it's one of the two. That I know. It's one of the two. Love it, tired, working overtime. Um, anyway, let's get to your questions, because I don't know if I got an hour in me. That's an interesting set of questions here. Kanye wasn't invited to Trump's inauguration because they wanted traditional American performers. Thoughts. First of all, Josh, you must be new here. You go somewhere with this thoughts bullshit, right? Ask me a question. Thoughts is not a question. Like, you know, we, we, we talk about this all the time in my line of work. Uh, the whole thing where people hit you with that talk about. And that's whack, man. Talk about ain't the way to go. That's not a question. Ask a question. I'm not a jukebox, right? You don't just poke me and be like, Kanye Trump, play a it's not how it works. Um, anyway, I did see this, that apparently um, Kanye was not invited to perform a transaggeration because they weren't traditional American performers. And, okay. Like, that's about it. Okay. Uh, I would also like to note that I watched Kanye perform at the Sandy, uh, was it the Hurricane Sandy uh, benefit? Is that what it was? Um, and give it to Kanye, man. He was out there in a leather kilt and all that stuff because he's Kanye. And the thing about Kanye is this. Kanye will not sell you short in terms of a performance. Like if Kanye is going to perform, Kanye is going to really perform. So he'll go out there and he'll do it, man. And he was getting back no rhythm from that crowd. No rhythm from that crowd. 
if I'm Kanye, I don't think I want to perform at this inauguration because I can't be so sure that people aren't going to throw stuff at me. Like, don't forget, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, sang the national anthem at the 1960 Democratic National Convention. The delegation from Mississippi booed him off the stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, Kanye not performing at Trump's inauguration. It happens. I, I'm trying to figure out how exactly this went where Cassette Michelle, not that she accepted the call, but whose idea was it to make the call? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, who in the Trump camp? Like, show me the list that Trump's people have of people to call for this inauguration that has Chrisette Michelle on it. And I want to know who the person immediately before her was on the list and the person immediately after her. I also would like to know how feverishly they have been working to try to get people to uh, play the inauguration. Now, as for Chrisette Michelle making the decision to do it, look, I know a couple of little songs or whatever, but I don't really give a damn what she does. I, I don't know anything about her. I don't know if this is in line with her behavior, thought process, whatever. Like, I've got nothing here. Somebody convince her that, yo, if you do this, you might be able to sell some records. I mean, that would be my guess, that somebody made that call. But she's like, yeah, you might be able to sell some records. I mean, she's in the business of selling records. Yeah. Now, I do also want to note something so people understand this. Um, I have talked about this before, like the idea is if Trump asks you to come meet with him, do you go meet? And I absolutely say that the answer is yes. Right? I absolutely say that the answer is yes. You go meet with him. Um, Trump asks you to perform at his inauguration. I feel like that's a different question. I think that's the best way to put it. I feel like that's a different question. Also, I would like to know, um, and maybe some one of you guys can help me, or maybe I mean you let me know uh, if I got something wrong here. But like, is Jennifer Holiday like somehow like the Rose Nylon of like her crew? And I ask if she is that. Uh, for a like very simple reason. So apparently she was going to perform at the inauguration. Again, I want to know where she was on the list. But anyway, she was going to perform at the inauguration, and then she caught all the hell and was shocked that she had caught all this hell. And then apparently she had seen some things from like the LGBT community directed toward about this. And upon seeing that she felt as though she had made a terrible mistake. And then she made a very specific and particular apology 
to the gay, her gay and lesbian friends for having done this. And I, I saw all of that. And the only thing that I could conclude in the end was, yo, she has no idea about anything having to do with Donald Trump. Like, I didn't, I didn't think that she was lying. I didn't think she was making it up. Like, I just looked at the way she phrased everything in there, and then I realized, I'm like, what? She has no idea. So, like, what's Jennifer Holiday up to? Like, just, just generally, like, 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 what is a day in the life of Jennifer? Gen- And I I, I suppose I never considered and never given any level of thought to like what Jennifer Holliday must be up to. But like, I mean, what what did she do from the, wow. That maybe was more shocking than anything else. Like that's it. Like, again, I've seen all these people. There's always a discussion about, you know, whether you should meet with Trump. Like Steve Harvey went and met with Trump. And I imagine Steve Harvey and Trump got the relationship uh, from Miss Universe. But yeah, I think if you're Steve Harvey and Trump calls you, you go. I'm honestly not even that mad at Jim Brown right now. Like I saw the thing where Jim Brown was on CNN and what Jim Brown said, like knowing something about Jim Brown, Jim Brown's thing is, look, you can complain about Trump or you can try to figure out some kind of way to work with him. And if you're in Jim Brown's position, I think it is advantageous for you to find a way to work with Donald Trump. And I think Jim Brown is like valuable to Donald Trump because Jim still does have some measure of credibility the difference between jim brown and everybody else is i'm not everybody else ain't jim brown which is to say jim believes that he can find a way to work with donald trump he does like he believes that he can make it happen and knowing enough about jim brown I'm not even knocking the fact that he's trying because I know the ego that Jim Brown's got. And he's like, yo, I can make this happen. Like Jim Brown's made it work with enough different kinds of people that Jim Brown probably thinks that he can make it happen with Trump. Remember, this also about Jim Brown. Jim Brown's real good with Belichick. So like Belichick, for example, you know, you know about Belichick. And, you know, he wrote the letter to Donald Trump and all that stuff like that. Hey, man, Bill Belichick also has, you know, put in some work and support for Jim Brown's work with gang members. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had a conversation about this and it all came together. But no, Jim thinks he can work with Trump. Hey, I mean, if you can, make it happen, right? But I do think there's a difference between, uh, you know, trying to go have some real live meeting with Trump, try to make something happen, even if it's a uh, quixotic, you know, even if it's one of those. Um, but I don't know about, like, playing his party. Yeah, that's a different discussion. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. How much bread they had to throw at you to perform at this inauguration? That is a very good question. Uh, Now that you put it like that, because I had never really thought about anybody getting a check 
uh, for performing at this inauguration. But what kind of check would it take to get me to perform at it? I, 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 you know, I'm not going to pretend like I don't have a price. That's the thing. I'm not going to pretend like I don't have a price. Most of us have a price. I'm not going to pretend like I don't have a price. Like, do I get to decide what song I perform? Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. If Trump requested your presence for a meeting and you accepted, would you bring other people you believe had more expertise on whatever the subject of the meeting was about? Would you request no PR? What? Why are you asking me all these questions? Do you work for Trump? Like, this is a lot of detail here in a way that makes me terribly uncomfortable. Like, all of this. Um, by the way, as I, I mean, I've talked about this before on here. Um, Trump has requested my presence for a meeting. It just wasn't when he was the president. Trump requested my presence for a meeting in 2014. And I tried to make it happen. Now, granted, at that time, I never entertained the possibility it would turn into what it's turned into, but I tried to make it happen if for no other reason than just to have a story to tell. Like, I was just very curious about how this goes when Donald Trump has his man hit you up and say that he wants to talk. So I was going to do it just like we could never schedule it. That's it. And then after that, like, I think he heard, he heard something I said about, um, he's going to buy Buffalo Bills or something like that, and his people had heard me say that, I didn't think it was wise for the NFL to allow him to be an owner, given some of the things he had said about the president of the United States. Um, and then they reached out. But, yeah, I was going to make it happen. I mean, I was going to try. I just never could. I just didn't make a trip to New York. Like, I wasn't going out of my way only to meet Trump. But if I was in New York, I was going to do it. And then, uh, I, apparently, I didn't understand where this was going. I had no idea. But, man, wouldn't that have been a great story to tell? By the way, someone just put a question in that said, given that it was recently Martin Luther King Day, are you a fan of the autobiography of Malcolm X? And that is the dumbest question I've ever heard in my life. I don't know who this guy Harry is in the room, but he said Bomani probably doesn't even make 500 grand a year. And I'm not really going to give you much of an insight as to whether or not that's true, but I just need to know where this Harry dude works where you talk about not even half a million dollars a year. I mean, I know they ain't paying you that to drop those fries. Let's see what else we got here. Um, Lance, by the way, if you could handle Harry, I don't know how this works, but you know, how really big was Nelly back in the day? So Nelly is interesting to me because Nelly is like the Mendoza line. And I say that Nelly is like the Mendoza line in the sense that, I mean, there's never been anybody who said Nelly was dope. 
But at the same time, I don't really think there's been anybody who really thought that Nelly was, like, really whack. And every now and then, he'd do something okay. Like, hey, that verse he had on that G.I. joint, money ain't a thing to the uncut kind. I mean, that's kind of dope. But, hey, man, Nelly had big hits. And it's not like the beats were that dope. It's not like he was rhyming. And it, but it's not like he has an inexplicable success. Like, the stuff was catchy. You know, the first record was like, you know, more hometown stuff. Then after that, he get like Neptune's beats and stuff like that. But the thing for me was, like, I felt like Nelly's music was big, but I never felt like Nelly was big. I, I mean, I, I, if, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't think of Nelly as being one of the big stars of that decade, even though he has actual, like, results and receipts. I mean, he's got it. But I never felt that way. Like, I felt like what he had was record sales. But, you know, so somebody's probably got some post up about discussion over Nelly uh, was bigger than Drake. Yeah, I think that you can make an argument that Nelly was bigger than Drake, sort of, but Drake is phenomenon in a way that Nelly never was. Like, we never cared about Nelly or who Nelly... No, it, 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 it wasn't that. You know? But, dude, he sold so many records. And, I mean, so, like, let's name... The, all right, so Country Grammar. I mean, I think we all agreed at that one. It was cool. It caught, but it ain't really dope. The 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 E I E I O O. Because by the way, they play Nelly a lot on series. Just in case you didn't know, but like the E I E I O O. Um, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, the hot in her, the hot in here is pretty dope. Um, also. Nelly really contributed to this great. Like this graying of is this or is this not rap? Like this thing where it really didn't matter if you were, I mean, I don't want to say it didn't matter if you were able to rap, but like it didn't matter if you were rapping or not. Like it'd be like some kind of sort of singing, but not really singing, and but not quite rapping and i mean that's like a lot of these cats now like i mean is there something terribly different between him and like what a like a rich homie quan type is doing i don't think so nelly also did the tip the the tip drill video and yeah like as i'm older now i can recognize you know some of the flaws and problems, you know, the, the, the exploitation elements, all that of, of the Tim video, like as 36 year old man, you know, I get that. I speak on it, you know, whatever. Um, as the 23 year old man, when that video came out, Oh my God. Uh, one of my homeboys was unemployed during that time. So all he would really do is just sit up and watch TV. And so he would sit up and basically just watch. And then if he was up at three o'clock in the morning, he would just continue to watch BET Uncut. And he told me that he had seen some Nelly video, right? Um, and he was like, yo, that video was so wild. I wanted to call you and wake you up. And I told him, I said, look, I'm going to tell you right now. If it's as dope as you say it is, you call me the next time you see it come on. 
And so next time he saw it come on, he called me and I thought I thought I was dreaming. I I I thought I was dreaming. Yeah. Um, by the way, this is a very interesting question in the chat room, which is where does Nelly rap rank our rappers who are more popular with people who don't really listen to rap than with people who do? You know, like I said, I guess that's the original MC Hammerlang, right? But this is like primarily rap for people who don't really rock with rap. But hey, I don't knock the dude. Appreciate the question. See what else you got here. Shouldn't all celebrities settle their feuds like Chris Brown and Soldier Boy? So yeah, I guess you've seen this. Chris Brown and Soldier Boy are gonna fight. Um, and here's the problem with the idea of all celebrities settling their feuds in this way. How do we know if either of them can fight? Right? How do we know if either of them can fight? Like, I don't know if this fight's actually going to be anybody's entertainment. As I've said before, with these two cats fighting, I'm kind of rooting for hemophilia. You know? I admit it. But nah. I mean, I guess there's some of those fights I guess I'd want to see, but if you could give me some kind of guarantee they both can fight, like Willie D fight Grandmaster Melly Mel. It's a couple dudes that can fight. All right. Here for it. These two cats, it could prove to ultimately be disappointing. Appreciate the question. See what else we got here. What's with these people who say John Lewis is their hero and yet criticize him for his Trump comments? Um, I want to be clear about something. I think there's room for both, right? Like, I think it is room for you to say that John Lewis is a hero, John Lewis is your hero, whatever, and then disagree with what he had to say about Donald Trump. The problem is the folks who are doing this are, I mean, I think what's happened with with John Lewis, like John Lewis, I mean, who else do we have left, you know, from that particular group of people in that particular period of time? Like John Lewis is that one now that you point to, right? And so it's become almost required that you give like um, some perfunctory level of deference to John Lewis. Like you do have to start with John Lewis is this da-da-da-da-da because John Lewis is part of a, like, People know what they got to say about King and John Lewis now inherits a great deal of that. But you can criticize him on the Trump comments if you want. The problem is the criticisms for him, of him on the Trump comments, by and large, have been so racist that it, it doesn't really matter what they're saying on the other end, right? It's just so like when Trump says, you know, how terrible the district is, the district is the whole damn city of Atlanta, you know, the largest city in a state that you carry. Yeah. 
you know? So there's that. Um, I've said, and this is how you know that people like, this is how you know just how backwards this all is. If there's a place where John Lewis is weak, if there's a place where you could absolutely criticize John Lewis, it is John Lewis to a degree being an unfailing surrogate of Hillary Clinton. And so the argument that you and I would make of, at him at a time like this would be, you have done these things in the name of Hillary Clinton and the Bill Clinton. Like you, you've written with the Clintons. Now y'all lost. All he, all he is is just another mouthpiece for Hillary. And that's what I would have said if I was Donald Trump. And he would have had a real difficult time refuting it. But nobody thought that deep. All they were just like, yo, black dude, let's press the black dude button. So okay, but that calling John Lewis a racist pig. And I'm like, yo, man, I don't think you understand that if there's ever been anything that'll make you look like you hustling backwards, it's calling John Lewis, the man who got his skull stomped out by the Ku Klux Klan, a man who, by the way, was later apologized to by one of those Klansmen who stomped him out because he was so ashamed. Call it John Lewis. John Lewis, a racist. That's telling on yourself. That right there is hustling backwards. The dude Adam says, what's negative about being a surrogate of Clinton? There's nothing negative necessarily, though I think John has done some questionable things in the name of the surrogacy. But the issue is he's easy to discredit because of that. Except they didn't go there to discredit him. They went the lazy way when there was a much easier and more effective lazy way for them to go. Appreciate the question. See what else we got here. By the way, podcast listeners are going to be disappointed because this thing going to be short. Somebody got a question. Do I think bounce music would get any bigger? It's 2017, bro. If it ain't happened yet, it's just not going to happen. And I'm fine with that, by the way. How was your father's party? Yeah, some of you guys know my father had his 80th birthday party. His birthday was on Friday. We did the party on Saturday. We rolled down there, uh, hung out with my brother, you know, all that. Um, we did a luncheon at Pascal's because, you know, old black people, you know what I'm saying? So we did a luncheon at Pascal's, and that was very cool. And then we came back to the house, and a bunch of people came. And we just kind of kicked it and chilled out over there. And so I do have to tell you guys this. So me and my uh, brother are trying to figure out what to get dad his 80th birthday gift. And my dad's real difficult to shop for because he doesn't care. Get him something, don't get him something, whatever. He doesn't care. Like it was listed on the invitation for the luncheon not to bring a gift because it's unnecessary because he doesn't care. And so... My brother found the gift of all gifts, right? And I'm going to tell you about it, you know, what the gift was um, at the end. I want to say the punch. Um, but as many of you know, my father's a political science professor. Anyway, we get there and we get my dad. Uh, we actually got back to the house and we got in front of everybody. We're like, yo, we got a gift from dad. And it's just like, okay, cool for dad. And he's just like, all right, you know, we make a bit of what you do of it. And my brother pulls it out. He had gone through this bookseller. And he got a copy of a book written by W.E.B. Du Bois. And 
it was signed by WB Du Bois. And you got to say that Du Bois is like my father's intellectual hero, right? Like that, like that is his OG. Like that's, that's the, that is the dude that he would want to be. And so we broke that out, man. Yo, man, we made that old man's day. Absolutely made the old man's day. Like it was a legitimate like moment of happiness in seeing that. Like we got the right one. We got him like, and I can't say we because my brother did it, right? I just happened to put half on it. But he got him the right one, man. That I have to say was probably the biggest win of it all is that we managed to get him the right one. Then we wind up back at the crib and the Falcons game was on. And hey, man, let me tell you guys something about this job that I got right now. Uh, this 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 job that I have has one um, unfortunate consequence, which is it has made it increasingly difficult for me to watch sports with the general population. It gets really, really, really annoying watching sports with the general population. Because the problem is, because I do this all day, every day, I've heard just about every thought that anybody has on this stuff. Whether that thought be good, bad, or otherwise, I've probably heard it, right? Because this is what I do. So, man, I'm out there, and I'm just like, oh, man, come on, 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 come on. Come on. Come on. I'm so tired. I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. People watching the football game. Yeah, man. That was a little tough. That was a little tough. Uh, but nah, man, we had a good weekend with it. I mean, it was, it was, a it was a really good time, man. You know, you like 80 birthday parties for your own parents are a bit of a trip because like for other, it's other people's parents, it was like, oh, that's so cool. You lived to 80. Uh, what is your own parents? And you know, somebody's getting to 80 and the tone is one that is like very much so in touch with one's mortality. You just try to enjoy it as you can. You know what I mean? I think that's probably the best way to put it. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got. The dude, Harry, asked my father raised Bates too. Yes, in fact, I'm pretty sure he once hung out with your mom and listened to Paul Robinson records. Why do white people default to the I have black friend counter argument? You should probably ask a white person. Like, I feel like they're probably the ones who could, you know, do a better job of answering that as I'm not a white person and therefore have never had to refer to my number of black friends. Adam says, do white people still do that these days? Do they ever? Do they ever? Yeah, guys, it's going to be a show before you. I'm sorry, I'm running out of gas. But ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. We try to do this about once a week, but I do the best I can. My man, Lance Gilliam, handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you guys so much. 
Remember, if you can't watch live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe at the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out on SoundCloud. We're also at the Google Play Store. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take it easy.